After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday Rosh Chodesh morning. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
JM in the AM. Wednesday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. How do you like that? Rabbi Baruch Chain and Company with Nigun HaSimcha. You heard Tefillat Hashla and Netzach Yisrael off Yaakov Shweki's Muzika. Yala V'Yavo by Shlomi Gertner. Yala, a song by Psachya off of the album uh, Shattered Glass. Merakid with Simcha Liner and, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. And we say thank you to Mayor Weingarten for sitting in yesterday during JM and the AM. Much appreciated. A big thank you to our dear friend and colleague, Mayor Weingarten. JM and the AM Wednesday on this June the 13th, Mitzvah Day. Simon Jacob always reminds us that today, 6-13, June 13th, is a great day to remember mitzvot and doing good things. So we'll call it Mitzvah Day on this June the 13th, day 30 in the month of Sivan, the year 5778, Tav Ches. Today is, in fact, day one of Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, Yalav Yavo and Half Hallel, special Torah reading, Musaf, Baruch whatever your custom calls for in terms of additions for a Rosh Chodesh morning. So today is Rosh Chodesh. We say a happy Rosh Chodesh to everybody out there from all of us here at JM and the AM, 66 degrees outside. Showers today with a high of 76 and thunderstorms early tonight. Low 67, sunny for tomorrow. High Thursday, 86 degrees. We are at 73 in Yerushalayim, 66 here in uh, New York City. As we say good morning and a guten chodesh from all of us here at JM and the AM. So again, my thanks to Mayor Weingarten, a... Um, a big thank you for taking over yesterday and uh, sitting in here at JM in the AM. So first of all, I want to take this opportunity to wish a very happy double high anniversary to Sharon and Michael Feldstein. My wonderful cousins are uh, celebrating 36. So I say mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. They're up in Stamford, Connecticut. Hope to see them soon. I hope to see them soon is right because we have a whole bunch of wonderful smachot, wonderful simchas baruch Hashem in the Siegel family. And yesterday, we added another. Yeah. Yesterday, we added another. A big, big thank you to um, my niece, Naima Malka. Nimi, as many of you know. That's her. Uh, that's how she's known. Nimi Siegel of Jerusalem is engaged to Tzvi from uh, from uh, Lakewood, New Jersey. And uh, Tzvi Barofsky, I hope I have that pronounced correctly. I believe that's the way you pronounce it, so I hope it's pronounced correctly. So a big mazel tov to Naima and Tzvi from all of us here at JM and the AM. So that's one big simcha that's happening out there. And we could add it to the list of great uh, Siegel news. Thank God, thank God, B'liayin Hara, that we've had over the last uh, few weeks. So mazal tov to my niece Naima and my soon-to-be nephew Tzvi from all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. And then we heard the news last night that our good friends, the Perlmans, are celebrating a uh, a big simcha. Rebecca Perlman is engaged to Dr. Eitan Rosenblum. So to the Perlman and to the Rosenblum families, we say mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And to uh, Jeff, uh, father of the bride, who I happened to see yesterday morning, a, an extra special mazel tov. We had, a great, uh, we had a great conversation yesterday, and we saw each other. So a special mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. So there you go. A lot of great news, thank God, to uh, report on this 
Mitzvah Day, as Simon Jacob continues to remind us, 6-13, June 13th. We are calling it Mitzvah Day. Why not? Elliot Weiselberg in studio in about a half hour. We'll talk about Yeshiva League Sports and the big tournament coming up Sunday, plus a lot of mitzvah guests this morning, which we'll explain on a Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM.
rusted bars, faceless guards, and the red prison wall make a grown man fall, but he's standing tall. Been here before, chains on the door, but he's standing tall. Never be afraid. Never use you. Never change your way. Never use you. Never scared away. Earth is trembling, but you're never gonna sway. Earth is trembling, but you're never gonna sway. Never use you. Never be afraid. Never use you. Never change your way. Never use you. Never scared away. Yeah, yeah, nigga, fuck me, boy, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never be afraid. Revolver scars, shouts from afar, and the steel boots down the hall try to make his men fall, but he can't be controlled. He's standing tall. He's standing tall. No fear at all. 'Cause he's a God-fearing, double-dearing, tits-wearing, kind and caring. Never you see a man. Never you see a man. Never be afraid. Never use you. Never change your way. Never use you. Never scared away. Earth is trembling, but you're never gonna sway. Earth is trembling, but you're never gonna sway. Never use you. Never be afraid. Never use you. Never change your way. Never use you. Never scared away. Yeah, yeah, nigga, fuck me, boy, boy, yeah, 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 yeah. Never be afraid. Never change your way. Never use you. Never scared away. Earth is trembling, but you're never gonna sway. Earth is trembling, but you're never gonna sway. Never use you. Never be afraid. Never use you. Never change your way. Never use you. Never scared away. Yeah, yeah, nigga, fuck with me, boy, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never be afraid. 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 Never be
J.M. in the A.M. with Sandy Shmueli, Misha Asanisim. Those are words from uh, Birchas HaChodesh. And, of course, today is Rosh Chodesh. On this Wednesday is Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, day number one. And here we are at J.M. in the A.M. with Sandy Shmueli and Misha Asa. Before that, you heard your Achmiel in the choir, Miami, with Shalom and Never Give Up. Eighth day, had never afraid. Ari Goldwag, Bissimcha, off the brand-new Lonavsik Lear Code. It is a J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday. My thanks to Mayor Weingarten for sitting in yesterday. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. Uh, keeping our numbers, frankly, at record-breaking. Baruch Hashem. It's much appreciated. All right, so early this morning, a trucker Yitz said, said something, and it uh, triggered something in my head. He says, a guten chodesh from the Peach State. That's right, he's down in Georgia. Hope to be in Macon by the end of today's JM and the AM. And I remember the days when trucker Yitz was probably the only person in this country who was hooked up with his system to be able to listen to us from long distance. Now... Every single person in the world, in theory, can be with us because of the NSN app and the progress we've made over the last few years. To everybody who's tuned in from long distances this morning, I say I guten chodesh and thank you. Uh, Nachum Yitz says on the app, thinking when you start JM name early, you can start the coffee for all of us, being that you were here first, LOL. How about having a steaming cup on the app picture? Not a bad idea for bonus JM. That should be the image on the app. A steaming hot cup of coffee. I actually like that. Uh, M.H. Dauber says, Good morning, Nachum. Awake and jet lag from a recent trip to Eretz Israel for bris of a brand new grandson. Well, thank you. Thank you to your uh, thank you to your kids for having a kid. So you're up and listening to JM in the AM. And mazel tov to you, of course. And um, Derek the Doorman says, Yo, man, please play some MBD. He wants to hear some classic MBD. And uh, if you have a comment for the app, feel free. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and feel free to comment away. Galit Sal is coming up. We have our news from Israel on the way. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world and the web at NahumSingle.com on the Nahum Single Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Listener Devorah says, good baseball news in Israel. The Yad Binyamin Wolves are in the playoffs. They won their quarterfinals game last night, 11-3 against Beit Shemesh, a team that had won Friday 7-1 against them. Incidentally, our closer last night was Petachia Spolter, son of Rabbi Ruven Spolter, that we interviewed last week. How cool is that? Galitzal, Israel Army Radio. 
2 p.m. newscast next in this Rosh Chodesh Jam name. Galitza Halashash time. Can Shibel Karmi Mansur in Mashakore Achshav? נשיא ארצות הברית דונלד טראמפ אומר בשובו מסינגפור, קוריאה הצפונית כבר לא מהווה איום גרעיני, כתבת חדשות החוץ יערה גם איחורי. כולנו מרגישים בטוחים יותר כעת בהשוואה לראשית כהונתי, כתב הנשיא טראמפ בטוויטר, עם חזרתו מהפסגה עם רודן קוריאה הצפונית קים. הפגישה הייתה חיובית ומעניינת, כבר אין איום גרעיני מצד קוריאה הצפונית, כך טראמפ. בתום הפסגה אמש חתמו שני המנהיגים על מסמך המבטיח את פירוק קוריאה הצפונית מנשק גרעיני. התאחדות הכדורגל העולמית פיפא הודיעה על פתיחת הליך משמעתי נגד יושב ראש ההתאחדות הפלסטינית ג'יבריל רג'וב, מדווח עורך חדשות הספורט עידן קוולר. ההליך נפתח נגד רג'וב בעקבות ההתבטאויות המסיתות שלו טרם המשחק שהיה אמור להיערך מול ארגנטינה, במסגרתן קרא לשרוף חולצות של מסי והשווה את הנעשה בישראל למה שקרה באירופה בשנות ה-30 של המאה הקודמת. כזכור, ההתאחדות הגישה לפני כשבוע וחצי תלונה רשמית בנושא לפיפא, שכעת תבחן את העיצומים האפשריים נגד רג'וב. בתוך כך, דחה קונגרס התאחדות הכדורגל העולמית ברוב אדיר את הצעת ההחלטה הפלסטינית להשעות את ישראל. ויממה לפני פתיחת המשחקים ברוסיה, הנהלת פיפ"א החליטה כי ארצות הברית, קנדה ומקסיקו יערכו יחדיו את משחקי הגביע העולמי בכדורגל בעוד שמונה שנים. קונגרס פיפ"א הצביע לפני דקות אחדות על זהות המארחת ונקבע כי שלוש המדינות הצפון-אמריקניות יערכו יחדיו את המשחקים בשנת 2026. בהצבעה המכרעת גברו המדינות על מרוקו שביקשה אף היא לקיים את המשחקים בשטחה. ובתוך כך, מאמנה של נבחרת ספרד, אחת המועמדות המובילות לזכייה השנה, פוטר במפתיע. כתבנו אופיר יונתן. ז'ולן לופטגי, מאמן נבחרת ספרד, פוטר יומיים לפני משחק הנבחרת הראשון בגביע העולם נגד אלופת אירופה לנבחרות פורטוגל. הרקע לפיטוריו של שוער העבר הספרדי באים בעקבות מינויו לאימון אלופת אירופה לקבוצות ריאל מדריד רק אתמול. שחקני נבחרת על הרוחה ביקשו להשאירו בתפקיד לפחות עד סוף הטורניר, אך ההתאחדות הספרדית סירבה. שוטר ממשטרת חדרה ואשתו חשודים בהדלפת חומרי חקירה לראש העיר צבי גנדלמן בעת שהחקירה נגדו על עבירות שחיתות עוד הייתה סמויה. החשוד שאשתו עובדת בעיריית חדרה עוכב לאחר שהחקירה נגד ראש העיר הפכה גלויה. השוטר יצא לחופשה עם תום חקירתו והוא חשוד בהדלפת מידע ושיבוש הליכי חקירה. מנכ"לי הערוצים 10 ורשת 13 שיגרו בשעות האחרונות מסרים לעובדיהם ושם התחייבו כי תנאיהם לא ייפגעו במהלך המיזוג המסתמן בין שני הערוצים. כתבתנו עמית חדד. מנכ"ל ערוץ 10 יוסי ורשבסקי כינס את עובדי הערוץ וחברת החדשות שלו והבטיח כי יישמרו כל זכויותיהם. עוד הוא הוסיף כי עסקת המיזוג היא בלתי נמנעת במצבו הנוכחי של ענף הטלוויזיה וכי הוא מקווה שהמיזוג יאושר במהירות. מנכ"ל רשת אבי צבי כתב לעובדיו, אני מאמין במיזוג ומקווה שהתהליך יהיה מהיר ומקצועי. תחזית מזג האוויר, הגשם העז נחלש, אולם קיים סיכוי כי יתחדש בעוצמה נמוכה מחר בשעות הבוקר, אז גם תעלנה הטמפרטורות במידה ניכרת. ולסיום, מקדוניה הודיעה כי תשנה את שמה למקדוניה הצפונית, כדי להביא לסיום סכסוך בין 27 שנה עם יוון. כתבנו עירד עצמון שמאייר. ראש ממשלת יוון אלכסיס ציפרס ומנהיג מקדוניה זורן זאב חתמו את ההסכם בשיחת טלפון. כך, מקדוניה, המדינה הבלקנית, תשנה את שמה כדי לא ליצור בלבול עם חבל הארץ היווני, בעלותו השם. בתמורה תפסיק יוון לחסום את ניסיונותיה של מקדוניה, הצפונית, להצטרף לאיחוד האירופי ולברית נאטו. כעת שינוי השם יצטרך לקבל אישור בשתי המדינות, וקיים חשש כי קבוצות מתנגדים יסרבו לפשרה.
אלה החדשות שעורך מרון ששון.
Moshiach, where are you? We're all waiting for you. Moshiach, when David, we need you. Yovai ve'igoleinu.
a.m. in the a.m. He calls it the Chizuk Nigun. It's brand new Yehuda Green here at JM and AM. Before that, his um, brand new selection entitled Mashiach from the brand new album entitled Neshamala. Now, I got a communique the other day from uh, Yehuda Green's camp because we have a tremendous desire to get him in studio before the three weeks begin and talk about the brand new album. We are trying very hard to determine a date on this end, and as soon as we do, uh, we'll hopefully have him in studio here at JMM. Worst comes to worst, I guess, after the nine days, but we really are trying to get him in here before the uh, end of the month. We'll see what happens, and hopefully we will be successful. We're calling today Mitzvah Day. That's right, June 13th. Our good friend Simon Jacob always reminds us that today, June 13th, is 613. So why not call it Mitzvah Day and encourage everybody on this Rosh Chodesh morning to do uh, whatever we can for others uh, on this day and every single day, of course. Uh, it's a big, big Simcha Day, thank God. Want to wish a very happy double high anniversary to Sharon and Michael Feldstein. My cousins up in Stamford, Connecticut are celebrating their milestone 36 today. We say happy anniversary from all of us here at the JM and the AM. Also, I mentioned that my niece Ni'ima uh, of Jerusalem is me- is engaged as of yesterday to Tzvi from Lakewood, New Jersey. And we say Mazal Tov to the Siegel and Borowski families from all of us here at JM and the AM. And uh, earlier I mentioned that um, that we heard of a, a great Mazel Tov that took place yesterday, took place last night, uh, with an East Brunswick, New Jersey connection, Rebecca Perlman and Dr. Eitan Rosenblum. They have announced their engagement. So to Jeff and the entire family, we say Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. Yeah, we are, uh, we are, thank God, filled with a lot of great Simcha news this morning. I am proud to say Baruch Hashem. My thanks to Mayor Weingarten for sitting in yesterday on a Tuesday morning edition. It's great to be back on this Rosh Chodesh morning. All the traditional editions for Rosh Chodesh, of course. Quarter after 7 o'clock, as promised, Elliot Weiselberg is in studio this morning. We are going to do our Yeshiva League sports update. Could you imagine in the month of June, the middle of June, there is Yeshiva League sports to discuss? We will do that. Uh, but first, of course, we're going to talk about the very, very special day that's happening this Sunday and how everybody out there can make this day, meaning this Sunday for Elliot and his crew, a big, big success because there is a charity, a mitzvah component to the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament, which takes place this coming Sunday. Elliot Weiselberg, editor-in-chief of the Nachum Siegel Network Sports Department. And uh, and uh, what do you, we don't say host of the Shivalik Sports Update. What do we say? Um, uh, what, what would be the, uh, the proper term? I don't even know. Reporter? Uh, yeah, I guess. Presenter, both, of the Yeshiva League Sports Update every single Tuesday. How many years now for the Yeshiva League Sports Update? I uh, believe we are just completing our sixth year. Wow. Time flies. Tip of the hat to you, as they say. Appreciated. Uh, it's not easy. Anyone who thinks it's easy, <laughs> you're rolling your eyes thinking about how uneasy it is. You see the timestamps on uh, <laughs> on a lot of uh, what comes in. Well, I'm amazed sometimes when our Yeshiva League Sports update arrives just before I arrive in the studio <laughs> because it can be 3 in the morning and I'm here an hour later and you're, uh, you've are you just gone to bed. So Yeah, that happened typical, many times. Typical night, huh? All right, this coming Sunday is uh, a special day in the memory of your father, the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament. I've said to you how beautiful a tribute it is. He had an affinity to hockey, right? 
Uh, well, he was a he was a Ranger fan. Right. Um, he didn't play. Right. But um, but he enjoyed it. Absolutely he enjoyed the sport. Definitely so. And uh, therefore, we have a, a tournament this Sunday named for him the thirteenth year in a row mm-hmm. that this tournament takes place. It's usually in May, as you explained to me before the show today. But this year, it's in June on this Sunday, June the seventeenth. It starts at nine thirty in the morning, goes until about five thirty at Hartoro, which is on Grand Central Parkway in Belrose, Queens. And I believe, if I remember the policy, everybody's invited. Everybody's invited. It's free. There is no admission. We ask you to uh, to take advantage of that and give generously, though, because it does go to a very worthy cause, which is Hatsela. Will it be high-quality hockey? Always. What, what could you say to the casual fan who walks in? Always. You will walk in and you will find um, upwards of 150 kids giving it their all. It actually happens to be, uh, for most teams... Uh, just as important, if not more important, than the actual regular season and league championships. The tournament's a big deal to them. It is, because it's the only time where you really get teams from New York and New Jersey, uh, complete teams, in the same building competing for one prize. The the teams on MWTournament.com, those seven teams, are the ones participating? Absolutely. So I want to welcome to the tournament and congratulate these schools for participating in the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Hockey Tournament. The Hank Hurricanes will be there, as will the Hartora Hat Tricks. That's T R I X. The Kushner Cobras, the Mariah Mountaineers, the R Y N J Jaguars, the Yavne Red Hawks, and the Y C Q Wildcats. All of them will be in the tournament this coming Sunday. Yep, very much looking forward. We have a packed schedule, as you said, 9.30 in the morning to 5.30 in the afternoon. Uh, coverage of our day will actually begin on the website, or if you want, you can go to YouTube. But we have a live stream throughout the day starting at 9 in the morning. Nice. All right, so you can see every single game at mwtournament.com, mwtournament.com. There's another component to this that you introduced uh, years ago, and that is that uh, – Appropriately so, you are raising money for Hatsala. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think this audience needs to be educated about how important Hatsala is as an organization. I, I always say it's the one organization in this in this lifetime that you hope to never need, but you're so glad that it's there when you actually do need it. You've set a goal for this year of ten thousand uh, dollars to be raised, and I believe you've achieved your goal each year. If I'm not uh, mistaken, yes, we have. We have achieved our goal every year, and we're hoping this year is no different. And uh, multiple ways. Uh, that we have done it. We've done it with some amazing sponsors who have been with us along the way. We've done it through the uh, generous donations that have come in and also people that have uh, decided to put in for our amazing raffle. Right, The uh, and people can purchase raffle tickets both online and at the tournament, right? Correct. So raffle tickets at mwtournament.com, mwtournament.com, which means all the prizes that I'm about to mention you could buy tickets for them on the website. You can do it right now if you wanted to. MWTournament.com. Money goes to Hatsala. They have an auction-style raffle for the following items, which means you're essentially putting uh, you know, all the tickets in a box and choosing a winner, right? Yep, Chinese auction. The Montreal Canadiens jersey is autographed by both Patrick Waugh and John LeClaire. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Waugh, one of the top, if not if you ask people from Canada. Yeah, north of the border, they'll tell you the best goalie of all time. Yeah, exactly. So to to have that hanging in your den, your man cave, or something or other, is extremely, it's an extremely uh, big bragging rights. Boston Bruins jersey autographed by the legend Ray Bork. Mm -hmm. A puck signed by Ranger captain Mark Messier. He'll always be the Ranger captain. Always. He's the only one that I will put down as captain whenever I have a prize. That's right. 
It's always one of the highest sellers, too. We'll go back to Camp Dovin in a moment. Picture a photo autographed by legendary Ranger Brian Leach, another great name mm-hmm. for us Ranger fans. Uh, a photo autographed by Islander rookie Matt Barzell. Is that the right pronunciation? That is correct. Matt Barzell. Uh, rookie sensation. Uh, got, to, got to appeal to the Islander fans as well. Uh, he had a great season, so he's going to be in very high demand uh, over the next few years. And finally, when you purchase raffle tickets either at the tournament this coming Sunday at Hartora or on the website mwtournament.com, mwtournament.com, and support Hatsala, you could win one free scholarship to the camp David Hockey Camp, and this is over 600 buck value. Absolutely. And uh, Camp David, as you've told us, is, is an intense experience for a young person to really get an opportunity to hone their hockey skills. Over the past, um, I, I've been a part of Camp David for the last uh, 11 years. Okay. And over those 11 years, over the five days, I have seen transformations, major transformations. Kids walking into the camp that on my roster were maybe second or third to last pick on the team right. have picked up immense skills and walked out being in my starting lineup for that very next season. Uh, the action is intense. The learning is extreme because you are actually competing and learning from and playing with some of the best players, and you will absolutely be led by some of the best coaches in the league. Um, finally, before we get to the schedule for Sunday at the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament, um, again, Elliot Weiselberg has brought into the studio. Um, yes, this is a show that's generally heard in audio fashion, and today we don't have a video component, but maybe we should have, because you brought into the studio what I would call, what is that, four and a half feet tall? It is a four, uh, you know what? Yeah. Four and change? Four and change. Yeah, four and a half. Almost a four and a half foot tall trophy that's going to be awarded to the winning team this coming Sunday. Uh, make sure you bring the station wagon, folks, because if you win, you're going to have to have room to schlep this home. Oh, uh, every year. <laughs> station wagon. <laughs> that's hilarious. Honda Odyssey. <laughs> exactly. Every year, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn outdoes themselves. You hear about them every week here right. on the show. They are big, uh, big supporters of the Yeshiva League sports update, of the court report, and they also happen to be extremely big fans of of the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament. And every year of their generosity, they, they furnish this amazing piece of work that resides in the winning school and other trophies as well. But this is this so, is the masterpiece. So generally there is space in the winning school to, to house the trophy? They, they have to tie it to the hood of the bus going back on. I would guess because that thing is amazing. So big, big thank you to Crown Trophy. You know what I always say, an almost I think I say it almost every week, um, that when, when the champions hoist the trophy at the end of the season, they will be hoisting a crown trophy. And as we'll get to in a couple of minutes, several more of crown trophies finest have been hoisted over the last week. And trophies handed out? Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, this Sunday, the schools are Hebrew Academy of Nassau County, Hank Cavaliers, the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy Cobras, the Mariah School Mountaineers, the Rosenbaum Yeshiva North Jersey Jaguars, the Avna Academy Red Hawks, the Yeshiva Hartora Hattricks, and the Yeshiva of Central Queens, YCQ, Wildcats. The first game starts at 9.30 on Sunday. There are games throughout 
the entire day. It does generally operate on schedule, right? Uh, yeah, on or ahead of schedule, ah. depending on uh, depending on the pace of play. There are several years where we've had many games, uh, many games be even enough to go to shootout, right? And so that longer. takes a little longer, yeah. but generally it balances out over the course of the day. And uh, but even when it doesn't. It uh, means more action, more intensity, more excitement for and the fans. You're, and you're estimating 4.45 p.m. for the championship is a pretty good estimate. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that depends on how long we take to uh, do everything around uh, Mincha time in between right. the uh, regular season, as we call it, and the playoffs. But I think 4.45, 5 o'clock should be an extremely close guesstimate. Information about all this, mwtournament.com. If you want a chance to win those great prizes... Uh, if you want a chance to win the trophy, you got to be on one of those teams. But if you want a chance to win the great prizes we just mentioned, um, purchase your raffle tickets at mwtournament.com, mwtournament.com. And, of course, at the tournament itself, you have an opportunity to purchase them as well. And now, with our Yeshiva League Sports Update, he is the official presenter of our Yeshiva League Sports Update and host of Court Report every single week here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Let's welcome Elliot Weiselberg. Appreciate it, Nahum. Thank you. So I, I think the theme of this week's uh, JM in the AM sports update is going to be what a difference two years make because the two champions that have been crowned over the last two days all have uh, found themselves as a little role reversal from two years ago. We're going to start out uh, with the... Is this a worst the first type thing? No, no. It's more just how, uh, how they turned around a, a championship game loss from two years ago ah. in order to uh, come away victorious. The first nice. one is going to be boys soccer. Two years ago, I happened to be at the boys JV championship where uh, TABC and DRS met up TABC as the heavy favorites came in, throttled DRS in the boys' JV soccer championship. This year, the two teams met up again. Completely different uh, result. DRS walking away with an 11-5 to victory, nice. taking home the boys' varsity soccer championship. All right. Uh, the other role reversal from two years ago will actually be the final indoor championship that we cover this year is the girls varsity hockey championship uh two western conference teams battled kushner and heschel they met once during the year kushner walking away with an early one nothing goal uh, that would lead to a one nothing victory wow uh seemed very poised to do that again this year uh sophomore hannah nussbaum scored early on to give kushner a one nothing lead but this time, Heschel would strike back late in the second. Senior Marley Storch would tie the game up, and with momentum in their favor, Heschel would strike again midway through the third period as a Madison Verschleiser goal uh, from the point with, uh, proved to be the game winner in a 2-1 win, knocking off the undefeated defending champion Cobras Kushner. Uh, the uh, Heschel Heat team reversing uh, not a result, but just reversing a... Uh, two years ago, where they were, where they went in as undefeated and were knocked off by uh, an upstart Frisch Cougar team. So Heschel getting their first hockey championship in several attempts, but they're perennial uh, favorites every year to make the big game. Cool. So now moving to the outdoors, as we will for the last for this week and next week for the last two. Uh, Jamie, the AM Sports updates, and we will talk softball and baseball. Starting on boys' varsity softball, defending champion Hillel 
returns to the final following a 2-0 win over DRS. They'll face Darche Tora, who defeated YDE, Yeshiva Darche Erez, 6-3, spoiling what would have been a second straight Hillel YDE final. That championship is this Friday at 2.30. Boys JV will be the Hafter Hawks and the Shari Tora Stars. Shari Tora defeated top-seeded Frisch, 5-3, number two Hafter, upended YDE 3-2, upending YDE's chance at a repeat. That game is yet to be determined. Girls softball, talk about the story of underdogs. This is actually a really, really interesting final that we're going to have this week. Last week, we already knew that SAR would be in the final, and we teased the possibility of a fifth Frisch SAR final this year over the course of uh, the entire year's uh, results. But it was not to be as a Hillel Heat doubled up the top-seeded Cougars 8-4. to So the final will be a battle between West 3rd-seed Hillel and West 4th-seed SAR. When does that take place? Uh, that will be this Sunday, time to be determined. Cool. Also this Sunday, the baseball final, boys baseball, which will be between the Frisch Cougars and the Kushner Cobras. Frisch, the Cinderella 8th-seed, Got to the final, knocking off undefeated MTA and the fourth seed of TABC Storm. Kushner, the three seed, defeated Hafter 7-6 to six to advance to the finals. Frisch walked into the playoffs with a, a record of under 500. I believe they were 4-5. and five. Knocked off the top seed, knocked off the, uh, knocked off the four seed, and now competing for a championship. And we'll get to those results next week in what will be our... Final Jame the AM Sports update for the 2017-2018 school year. The finale for the 5778 Yeshiva League Sports update will be next week, as you heard Elliot say, 7.20 Eastern time right here at JM and the AM. Congratulations to all the teams this year. It's amazing how many sports there are, how many teams there are, and how amazing the Yeshiva League has become. And don't forget, the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Tournament happens this coming Sunday. If, uh, I, if I could just sure. take a second just to thank my sponsors because they've been so amazing. Oh, meaning for the tournament sponsors. Yes, absolutely. I sure. apologize. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, again, a big thank you to Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for all that they have done over the entirety of the tournament. This is something that this is a uh, relationship that has spanned roughly 10 years at this point. Nice. And uh, they've been amazing every single time. Uh, Regal Bank of New Jersey, Camp David, obviously, with the scholarship. Uh, MTA, the big school on the hill, always playing a role. This is the fourth year. That they've uh, that they've been uh, uh, generous to us and uh, seen that uh, there is an impact of being around the kids and the kids see it and they feel it and they 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 get a sense of togetherness with the school when the school comes down and actually wants to uh, be immersed in something that they're doing, especially on a non-academic level. So mm. it definitely forges that relationship. Also, a special thank you to Fruits in Chocolate, a uh, a commercial chocolate uh, retailer, and also thank yous to LNS Enterprises, Benny's Pizza, W4M Studios, and the Jewish Link of Bergen County. Boy, it's hard to do this without a lot of help, huh? Oh, believe thank God me, you have good people around you. My my staff is uh, up late nights, and uh, the we are uh, eagerly anticipating what it's going to take to get this thing up and running on Sunday morning. All right, the tournament begins on Sunday, 9.30 in the morning till about 5.30 at Yeshiva Hartorah, 250-10 Grand Central Parkway in Belrose, Queens. Everybody's invited. Don't forget, all those great items, the Patrick Warr um, autographed jersey, Ray Bork autographed jersey, the uh, Ranger Captain Mark Messier signed puck, scholarship to Camp David, the autograph by uh, the photo autographed by Brian Leach, photo autographed by rookie Islander rookie Matt Barzil. It's all available if you go to mwtournament.com mwtournament.com, buy those raffle tickets, and uh, of course at the games itself on Sunday at Hartora, you can buy raffle tickets as well. Good luck to everybody 
uh, with those great hockey prizes. Thank you. We will uh, actually, as I leave the studio today, I will be releasing a uh, small teaser video to get everybody ready and oh. pumped up for this Sunday morning. Excellent. Will the trophy be in the video? Oh, no, 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 no. This is, <laughs> this is, that is going to be the pump up when you walk into the building. Ah. There's going to be a small little rev up this morning that just gets you ready to walk into the building. Very nice. All right, should be fun. Good luck, Elliot, and thank, thank you, you so for joining much. us. I appreciate it. Thank a you for great, having me again. A great tribute to your father, as I say to you every single year. Right. Uh, and it's really wonderful. Uh, J.M. and the A.M. as we continue Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Rav Zevin Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basher Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We say in Hallel, I will lift the cup of salvation. My nidorim, my vows to Hashem, I will pay. The great Rabbi Rachmiel Gershon Edelstein explains that we have a pasuk in Breshis, Vayidor Yaakov Neder, and Yaakov made a vow. When Rotsvi Yehuda Edelstein was taken into the army during World War I. At that time, he said two different things, two nidarim, two vows, and because of those vows, he was saved. He never told anyone exactly what the nature of those nidarim were. Also here, we see in this pasuk, when a person needs a Yeshua, when a person needs salvation, as it says, the individual should lift up the cup of salvation, they should be saved. They should definitely at that time, when they're in need of Hatzalah, when they're in need of some type of saving, to make a vow that will stand as a schus, as a merit for the person. And after their zochet to the Yeshua, after the person merits being saved, then it comes the time to pay whatever the nether was to fulfill their words. That's why it says, in front of everyone, because through publicizing what has happened, through publicizing that the person made a vow at the time of danger, at the time when they needed saving, that will be marbekvod shamayim, that will spread the honor of Hashem to all people. It's interesting that when the person would bring a korban toido, the thanksgiving offering, he brought together with him 40 chalos, 40 loaves. They had to be eaten within the time span of one day and one night. What was the reason for it? Because if all of the loaves had to be eaten within that short span of time, they needed to invite a lot of people so that all of the chalos would be eaten. By inviting a lot of people, there would be pirsum hanes. The miracle, the saving that happened, would be publicized throughout the world. When we say Hallel, we remember these two inyanim. One, the idea that an individual, at the time of any tzara, at the time of any trouble, can always make a nether to Hashem and hope for salvation. And the second is that it is our job in this world to be marbe kvod shamayim, to make a kiddush Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. 
Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. shall shell us with Ibanez here on a Wednesday morning. Uh, it's uh, June the 13th. As Simon Jacob always reminds us, today is Mitzvah Day, 613. Yeah, June 13th. Day 30 in the month of Sivan. Today is Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, day number one. It's Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. Make sure to uh, include all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, no matter where you are. Yalav Yavo and Half Halel and um, special Torah reading, Musaf, Barchinavshi, whatever you're Custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning. Make sure to include it in your uh, 
And you are Shachris and Musaf. 66 degrees, showers, and a high of 76. Right now, 73 in Yerushalayim. We're at 66 here in New York. As we say good morning here at um, at JM in the AM. Well, many of you are aware of what happened yesterday in Israel. Uh, I'll read to you the Jerusalem Post account from the perspective of those who lived at one time in the Tiv Havot. The Barlev family removed the mezuzah from their doorway and walked arm-in-arm arm away from their Nativ Havot home to the applause of their neighbors. As the sun set Tuesday, they were the last of 15 families to be forcibly evacuated from their homes on the outskirts of the El Azar settlement in the Gush Etzion region of the West Bank. A nation that is eternal does not fear a long road, they sang. Dozens of activists who had prayed and stood with them in the house streamed behind them. I fought for Israel's honor, not for myself, homeowner Gil Barlev told the media in a voice gone hoarse from talking. The last stand for the Nativ Havot homes took place in his yard, a living room, large back porch and rooftop with its large fluttering Israeli flag. The last of the activists were carried out in the dark after the family had left. Some 2,300 police and border police officers had entered the small outpost at 6.30 in the morning to execute a high court of justice order to demolish the homes. They were met by close to 1,000 activists in a number of key homes. More than 500 people were forcibly removed from the hilltop during the day, according to police spokesman Mickey Rosenfeld. Twelve officers were lightly injured by stones and bottles, six of whom were sent to hospitals for treatment and then released. Earlier in the day, the teens received strict orders from homeowners to engage only in passive resistance. If you have a burning desire to burn tires, don't do it here, one tall man told them. Tall, gray-haired man told them. Girls and boys crowded into living rooms and bedrooms of many of the 15 homes. In homes where it was too crowded to enter, <clears throat> they climbed in the windows. Uh, while they waited, they sang religious songs, such as, We Won't Abandon This Land. In some of the homes, supporters gave musical concerns, concerts rather, with keyboards, guitars, and violins to help ease the situation for the families. Many families hung large signs in their homes protesting the demolition. Don't use justice to create injustice, stated the red, black, and white sign on the two-story stone structure that belonged to, to the Yechezkeli family. Before leaving his home, Matan Yechezkeli removed the mezuzah from the door frame and locked the door. He stood outside with his family and promised they would rebuild on the same lot. <clears throat> By the afternoon, the focus had shifted to the Barlev home. At one point, teens locked arms on the Green Lawn and sang the national anthem in a standoff that lasted for hours. Officers evacuated teens from the home one by one. In many cases, they carried them by their arms and legs. Officers offered the activists a chance to walk on their own, at times putting them down, offering them water, and then continuing to carry them away. Activists often shouted, Officer, police, refuse your orders. The demolition of the 15 homes is likely to take place on Wednesday. That's today. Um, the homes are part of the larger outpost, which is in the process of receiving authorization to become a legal neighborhood of the settlement. But these homes, originally thought to be on state land, cannot be authorized, and the High Court of Justice has ruled that they must be taken down. In, it did so in response to a petition from the left-wing group Peace Now. The government built modular homes for the 15 families on an authorized site a short distance away from their outpost. In the evening, Knesset Speaker Yuli Elstein held a mezuzah ceremony there for the families. The Barlev family has left, but with activists still on the rooftop, the battle over their home continues, said one tweet 
by Tova Lazarov as the battle was reaching its conclusion. Well, there you have it, a Jerusalem Post account of what happened yesterday at the Netiv HaVot. And um, I will have more time, I'm sure, to discuss this and the entire episode with Malcolm Honline this coming Friday. Make sure to be tuned in when we do the weekly update and explore the events of the week, including this disengagement activity, if you will, at Netiv HaVot in, um, in the Gush. Jam in the AM Wednesday. It's Rosh Chodesh morning and a happy anniversary, double high anniversary to Sharon and Michael Feldstein up in Connecticut, Stamford. Mazal tov to them. And a big thank you to Mayor Weingarten for sitting in yesterday here at Jam in the AM. Much appreciated. The Siegel family is celebrating. My niece Naima is engaged to my soon-to-be nephew Tzvi. We say mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM as Baruch Hashem we've been able to share a lot of great news over the last few weeks Baruch Hashem Baruch Hashem and um, we should continue to be able to do so a reminder the Brooklyn Cyclones this coming Tuesday have Jewish Heritage Night yes 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 Jewish Heritage Night is this coming Tuesday it's happening at MCU Park in Brooklyn New York or to brooklyncyclones.com brooklyncyclones.com and come enjoy what's always an amazing and fun evening Jewish Heritage Night with the Brooklyn Cyclones is this coming Tuesday June the 19th they always do a whole bunch of stuff to uh, salute our community Uh, we ask everybody to uh, go to the website get your tickets bring your family bring groups bring your shul bring your um, your staff have a night out and enjoy it's all happening this coming Tuesday, the 19th of June, Jewish Heritage Night in MCU Park in Brooklyn, New York. More coming up. It is a Rosh Chodesh Wednesday morning at JM in the AM.
מלכים גדולים, מדינות ענק ואימפיריות כה גדולות. כמעט שנעלמו, ואנחנו עוד כאן. כך אלפי שנים, מעטים מורבים, ואין ספר של ניסים. עם ישראל חי, אנחנו עוד כאן. אנחנו עוד כאן. עוד דרך אבא דואג ואוהב, זה עושה טוב מלא. עוד דרך אבא מושלם, נאמן כל הזמן. עוד דרך אבא דואג ואוהב, זה עושה טוב מלא. עוד דרך אבא מושלם, נאמן כל הזמן. תודה לך.
יכול להיסדק, חבל אשר נקשר יכול להתנתק. מה שכתוב על יכול להימחק, אבן בתוך חומה תוכל להתפורר. אבל המזרע אל חי Wednesday, that's the um, brand new big tune from Yaakov Shweki off the album entitled Muzika. That is Netzach Yisrael. 
Uh, before that, you heard the uh, Shmuel Younger single, Mach Abrocha, Simcha Liner in there with Na'avor. Wednesday morning, first day of Rosh Chodesh morning at a minute before 8 o'clock, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wednesday on this Rosh Chodesh morning, boy, I can't think of a, I can't think of a better song to go into the um, 
to go into this uh, conversation we're about to have. It is, you know, it, not only is it a day of Rosh Chodesh where people like to do extra things um, and dedicate themselves uh, even more to our tradition, uh, but today is 613. Our good friend Simon Jacob reminded us over the last couple of weeks that 613, June the 13th, is a great opportunity to uh, focus on mitzvot. Why not? Even though it's the secular calendar, it's still 613 after all. And we were made aware of a website. We were made aware of a website that is uh, goodst.org. And the reason it's goodst.org is because uh, uh, this cause is known as Good Street. Good Street is a volunteer-run not-for-profit that uh, works to make giving a daily habit, not just on 613, but every single day of the year. The growth strategist for uh, for Good Street is Michael Grazi, and he is with us live via telephone. Michael, welcome to JM in the AM. Hey, thanks so much for the time and the interview. Appreciate pretty, it. pretty cool that we get to discuss this on 613, huh? I love the 613. Happy to be here, yeah. Appreciate that very much. This is amazing, essentially, and I know we'll get to the details in a minute, but let me let me jump to a conclusion for a moment, if you don't mind. Essential, essentially, if you have 100,000 people in your system and each one, for argument's sake, has committed to $1 a day for charity. And that's not a major amount, obviously, on an annual basis, not a, not a massive commitment. Someone commits to $1 a day. That would mean that every cause you choose on a daily basis would be the recipient of $100,000. That's just about correct. We, we, feature two, we feature one cause and two charities every day that tackle that same cause. So it would be two charities um, sharing that that amount. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, how did this all start? How did Good Street get to be uh, what it is now at goodst.org? It was four friends that got together about five years ago, and the idea was to spread the habit of doing good every day. Um, the Jewish principle that states it's better to give a small amount of charity every day rather than large one large amount um, was, was really a driving factor here, and making a very easily accessible platform to to do that good and to give charity was uh, was behind it. And we, we market it at $0.25 cents a day, although people have the opportunity of $0.25, cents, $0.50, cents, or a dollar a day. And our goal now is to grow the street and have as many members. Like you said, having 100,000 members would be amazing. Right. My personal goal for, for a good street is to have a million people right. giving about a quarter a day, which would be a quarter of a million dollars going to these charities every day, and that would be epic to spread it past the Jewish community for sure. Have you guys already uh, given a significant amount? Have you, have you collectively, I don't know, given a hundred grand out to charity uh, in, in the Co- lifetime of Good Street? Collectively, we've given over $200,000. Every day we're giving about $250. Pretty amazing. All right, uh, Michael Grazi's with us. We're trying to grow Good Street, everybody. This really fits into the way... People give in 2018, right? This is like a, a perfect model for the way people like to give from so many different angles. The reason I'm behind it and, and helping it grow is because I found that it is the easiest way to, get, to give. It's all done directly through the email. So every morning at 9 a.m., so it's a little bit before today's email, um, but every day at 9 a.m., I get an email with two charities addressing the same cause, and I get to read a little blurb about each one and click right in the email to donate my 25 cents that day. All right, so you need active people. You need people who are willing each and every day 
to press that button to click where necessary in order to make their donation happen? So it's a great question, um, and, and I, I like the mechanics of the, of the service as well. Um, we don't need them to actively click, although that is the goal. Um, if, if you don't click that day, your quarter is split according to how the rest of the community gave. Mm. So, so yesterday we had a great cause of suicide awareness. Wow. We featured two charities, one specializing in research and outreach, that's American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the other focuses on campus programs and, um, and community awareness called the JED JED Foundation. And if you, for some reason, didn't open the email, if you were traveling, if you just don't like opening emails in the morning, the, the service will split your quarter for you according to how, how the rest of the community gave. Another option that you have, if for some reason you don't feel passionately about that cause, you can choose to roll over your donation to the next day, and it'll double your donation um, the following day. Yeah. Well, what was important to me and why I asked is because um, you know sometimes people get into the habit of signing up for things, and then it doesn't really have an impact on them because they frankly forget about the fact that they've signed up. In this case, because of the way you've set it up, people are active in the giving of charity every single day. They're reminded. It's like you know when you're in shul and you actually give a dollar to the stucco box exactly, each and every exactly. day. So I'm glad to see that you've thought of this, that it's not just you know signing up and you know a year later seeing it on your credit card bill. It's signing up and, and being active every day and being aware of what you're giving to and, and, and really making it happen. And I'm sure, I would, unless I'm wrong, you'll tell me, I'm sure if someone sees a cause that they want to give a significant amount to, you know, a much larger amount from eighteen dollars to eighteen thousand. I would assume they could do that as well at some point. They can. Um, actually, just one one last thought on on the click rate and the and, and the engagement with the email. Right. We have and we have an incredibly high um, open rate of, of about fifty percent and a click rate of about thirty five forty percent every high. day, which is, that is unheard high. of in in email subscriptions. Yeah. And yeah, there's there's a link right there to find out more about those charities. And we're constantly improving the back end and the front end of, of the service. So we're going to add um, features that make it even easier for people to get involved with these charities. And, and it's a way for people to find out about two charities a day for, for, for at least a year, hopefully. Um, so that's 730 charity, new charities that are coming to their email every day. So we're definitely encouraging people to follow up with these charities and, and continue giving. Um, are a lot of these charities ones that work directly with our community? It's a great question. Um, the vetting process on Good Street is incredibly thorough, and we we vet all of our um, charities to be a-religious, a-political, and transparently effective. So it's doing the most amount of good that that is the least offensive to anyone. So it really is the easiest way for people to to give and, and to sign up without having any reservations. Oh, am I giving to this cause, which I'm not so about, or, or to that cause, which I don't really, uh, which I don't really feel like giving to. Um, and if I don't open the email, is it, is it going to go here? They, they can do, they can rest, be rest assured that, um, that it's going to good places. Okay. You didn't totally answer my question, but I get what you're oh. saying. Uh, but it, I'm just curious if on the long list that you've supported with this, with this effort, are there some that work directly with our community? And I guess it's, yes. yeah, it's, I figured yes. it's a yes, yes or no question. 
So there are th- there there are many, I would guess. And and as you mentioned, if someone wants to opt out, no problem. You're giving them the opportunity every single day not to opt out, but to roll it over to a charity they may feel you know they'd rather spend on. So you know you get it. You you basically have given everybody every single option they need to control the entire process. That's correct. Yes. All right. What do people do? Do you essentially just want them to go to the website and sign up? Is that it? Goodst.org. Goodst.org slash join. Um, you can also offer it as a gift, which I love doing. Just It's, it's an easy nine ninety nine a month gift to give someone. When someone gets bar mitzvahed, you can gift it to them for the year. Um, my sister recently m- gave birth to her, her baby son on, on May 1st, and I signed him up from, from the day he was born. Hopefully he'll continue being on Good Street for the rest of his life. Ah, uh, so you give a gift subscription, meaning everything that you would do as a member, you're now doing or they, they themselves will be doing because you've gifted them because you've given them that opportunity at ten dollars a month to to do just what you're doing as a member exactly right and and the email goes to them so they can they can be active in that very cool idea very cool idea well i'm very impressed on this 613 june 13th mitzvah day we get a chance to spread the word about a big mitzvah that you can do every single day folks and that's join a large community that uh, is just growing and growing. It's Good Street, G-O-O-D-S-T dot org. And starting at 25 cents per day and going higher, you could dedicate a uh, small amount that goes a long way to all the different causes each and every day that Good Street is promoting and making the community aware of. And the gift idea is a great idea. If you go to the website, you'll see the word gift at the very top. That is a great idea to pass on to somebody else, the ability to do what you're doing as a member of Good Street. Michael Grazi is the growth strategist at Good Street. Michael, great idea. Send our best to everybody. And I hope today on Mitzvah Day and throughout the entire year, you have tremendous success with Good Street. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Go to the website, folks. G-O-O-D-S-T dot org. A very, very 2018 way to give charity. And we salute on this 613, our friends at Good Street. Wednesday morning, Rosh Chodesh at JM in the AM.
Alef, Bez, Gimel. Emule mitoch in Brek. Alef, Bez, Gimel. Emule mitoch in Brek. Uy, Alef, Bez, Gimel. Emule mitoch in Brek. Alef, Bez, Gimel. Emule mitoch in Brek.
Jakob Schwecki with the um, uh, Aleph Bay selection and the Shivisi selection off the brand new Musica here 
at JM in the AM. Before that, you heard the uh, Derech Achim with Mivon Siach. Rachim was done by RJ2. Uh, well, as I mentioned earlier, our good friend Simon Jacob reminded us that the 613 is mitzvah day because 613, June 13th, get it? So today, no better way to uh, do a mitzvah than help someone get a job. The Ohel Career Fair, the Ohel Career Fair is happening today on East 14th Street in Brooklyn, New York, on the third floor at the Zachter Training Center in Brooklyn. Positions available include direct support professionals, registered nurses, therapists, management, administrative, and case management. Information about it, you can call them at 718-686-3102, 718-686-3102, or go to ohelfamily.org slash careers, ohelfamily.org slash careers. Again, the Ohel Career Fair today, Wednesday, 4 p.m. till 8 p.m. at 1268 East 14th Street in Brooklyn, New York. I want to again wish a special happy anniversary. It's Sharon and Michael Feldstein, my wonderful cousins in Stamford. And I want to be invited back to our summer home in Stamford. (laughs) Or their home, more accurately. So I'm going to make sure to mention their happy anniversary number 36. Double high. Happy anniversary, Michael and Sharon. Anybody who sees them up in Stamford, you say mazal tov to them from all of us here at the JM and the AM. Also, I mentioned that... um, our wonderful um, brother and sister-in-law, Rifki and Rabbi Yigal Siegel, who many of you know, of course, from these airwaves. You know that Yigal serves as our chief of staff for many, 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 many years. They have another amazing Mazel Tov. They're celebrating the wedding of Yosef Siegel next week. They are now celebrating the engagement of their daughter, Naima Siegel. That took place yesterday. So to my niece, Naima, and my soon-to-be nephew, Tzvi, Mazel Tov from all of us here at JMNAM, to the Siegel and Borofsky families from all of us, all of, I hope I have it pronounced properly, from all of us here at JM and the AM. A big thank you to Mayor Weingarten for sitting in yesterday. I thank him very, very much for giving me the uh, morning off yesterday. And I know Mayor took very good care of everybody, that's for sure. Um, also wanted to mention, especially since I saw Jeff yesterday, uh, Rebecca Perlman and Dr. Eitan Rosenblum were engaged last night to the Rosenblum and Perlman uh, families, we say mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And it was great seeing Jeff yesterday. And again, we wish a very special mazal tov. More coming up. Here's Yehuda Green.
J.M. and the A.M. Wednesday on this Rosh Chodesh. You know, today, our good friend Simon Jacob reminds us is 613, June 13th, a good day to emphasize mitzvot. He's 100% right. And today, our conversations have really focused on uh, special mitzvot that we can do. Um, Adina Lichtman, who's no stranger to the uh, Nahum Siegel Network, we, we've always known that um, that she is a uh, a star in the area of uh, of tzedakah, of charity. Uh, but now the Jewish Week has recognized her as one of the 36 under 36. You may recall, because uh, this story has been on NSN before, uh, that when she started handing out food to the homeless years ago when she was in college, she was offered a suggestion by a homeless man. He said, ma'am, it is so nice you're giving out sandwiches, but what we really need are a pair of socks. Today it's known as Knock Knock Give a Sock, KKGS, an organization that she created to break down the stigma of homelessness and help those in need by actually sharing socks. Adina Lichtman, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's such an honor. I don't know Thank if you so I, I appreciate that very much. I don't know if uh, you remember the early days, but that's how it went, huh? You were handing out yeah. food and, <laughs> and you were given this suggestion by a homeless man that what they really need is socks. And you were convinced after investigating that really there are many, many homeless people who need fresh pairs of socks uh, around town. Yeah, and, you know, back then there was a very strong lesson in terms of what it means to assume the needs of others versus listening to the needs of others. Um, And over, you know, since the last time I was on the show, we were only doing sock drives then, um, and we were only collecting socks. And actually to date we've collected 750,000 pairs of socks, Uh um, but we've also moved into a little bit of a different arena in terms of not just giving socks, but also what it means to give kavod and dignity and respect. Oh, yeah, we got to go into that. Let's do the sock piece first. So it's three quarters of a million socks, and I read in the Jewish Week piece that this is on multiple campuses now around the country. Um, yes, and more than it's on multiple campuses. We're on over 20 college campuses, but more than campuses, we're in corporate offices. We've done sock drives at Facebook offices, Deloitte, J.P. Morgan, Accenture, um, and a lot of the other big names out there. So it's been really exciting. Not only our college campuses, re- you know, reaching into their sock drawers and giving back, but so are many corporate offices. How do they do when you go to Facebook and you have a day like that? Does it? Do you come out with a lot of pairs of socks? <laughs> I do have to say the college students tend to do better, but <laughs> there are <laughs> there are companies that surprise us. For example, there's an Israeli startup company called Yatko, right, and they only have 80 people in their office, so I figured maybe they'd collect 200 pairs of socks. When I got there, they had 1,500 pairs of socks collected. Wow. When I asked them how they got 1,500 pairs of socks collected, they told me that they had their company divided up into different teams, and each team was in a competition to collect the most amount of socks, and whoever got to collect the most amount of socks got to pie their manager in their face. Unbelievable. <laughs> who wouldn't? So that's a new millennial office. Yeah, who, who wouldn't want that privilege, right? <laughs> exactly. They'll they'll, exactly. they'll they'll fight for every pair of socks to donate if they get that privilege. Adina Lichtman is with us. Um, so the website is knockknockgiveasock.org. Knockknockgiveasock.org. People can go there and get information about donating and all the different things you do. But yeah, the piece you just mentioned is amazing. Uh, you're trying to break down the stigma of homelessness and get people like us to understand what people on the street are going through. You've created a system where where people gather together, oftentimes for Friday night Shabbat dinners, 
simply to enjoy time together with other people and to, to hear what they're going through. How, how has that side of the project gone? So it started with when I was a senior in college and we had collected nearly 50,000 pairs of socks. But our slogan was meet your neighbors while meeting the needs of others. Mm. And I thought, how ridiculous. They are meeting their neighbors in their fancy dorm rooms or maybe down the block from them, but they're not meeting their neighbors on the streets and they're not meeting their neighbors down the block. They're not meeting their neighbors on the streets or meeting their neighbors who are living in local homeless shelters, right? So mm-hmm. I decided to take a room in NYU, rent it out. NYU wasn't so ecstatic about the idea, but I brought 50 of my college classmates and 50 people living in local homeless shelters to have dinner side by side. And what happened next was amazing. We had moms who had three kids who couldn't afford childcare who were at our dinner. We had dads who were working full-time jobs that minimum wage wouldn't get them out of housing. We had men who had gotten out of prison and couldn't get jobs afterwards. And these were stories that college students were hearing, and they're like, Adina, we can't tell who's homeless and who's not. And I want to go a little bit deeper into that, about a few statistics around homelessness that most people don't know. One, that in New York City alone, in the New York City public school system, one in five kids will experience homelessness before they reach fifth grade. Right. We have 50% of people who age out of the foster care system without ever having been adopted. Their likelihood of becoming homeless is 50% within six months. Right. So we have to ask ourselves what in the system is going on, you know, because we're talking about youth. We're talking about kids and then they grow up. And this, you know, a lot of people just think when it comes to homelessness. And this is a question I got when I was collecting facts because I became the expert on homelessness. Aren't they all mentally ill, Adina? Aren't they all choosing to live this way? Aren't they all drug addicts? Right. And if you were to speak about any other social group in that way, People would be horrified. How can you generalize? How can you stereotype? But I think people are really detached from homelessness. I speak in a, I speak in many schools and offices, and I tell the students, I tell the employees, raise your hand if you've ever given money to someone who's homeless. They all raise their hand. I say, raise your hand if you've ever given food to someone who's homeless. Everyone raises their hand. Now, raise your hand if you know the name of one person who's experiencing homelessness, and no hands go up. Mm-hmm. And for me, I realized if you look at social movements, if you look at race, if you look at LGBTQT, if you look at women's rights, what do they all have in common? They have riots, protests, parades, rallies. And it's not just the minority that's, you know, speaking at those events. What's really going on is there are allies and neighbors speaking up for these communities. But what I noticed in homelessness is that most people in homes can't name one person who's experiencing homelessness. So there's a big gap in the system Hmm. in terms of people who have power and people who are connected to one individual who's experiencing homelessness. On this uh, mitzvah day, as we've been pointing out, uh, in addition to giving socks and, and food and money, as you indicated, that thank God a lot of people in our community already do, uh, this would be a good idea for people to replicate. Uh, you're encouraging people to replicate your idea and to arrange to have meals, to spend some time, to to learn at least the first name and to get to know some of the people who are on the street and are experiencing all of this. It will change. It will not only get rid of generalizations and stereotypes, I think it will change to a greater degree the perception that people have of those who are in this situation. 
Yes, it absolutely does. And so what we do now in terms of what our operations look like is while we still have a presence on college campuses and stock collections, what we do is we get companies. People say, Dina, how do you get companies to sit down with people who are homeless? And what I tell them is we start a relationship. We quite literally get our stock in the door by building a relationship <laughs> with companies through a stock drive. And after they have a stock drive, we say, hey, do you want to meet the recipients of these stock donations? We invite 50 of your employees to sit side-by-side side for a dinner with 50 people who are experiencing homelessness. And it's not going to be soup kitchen style. It's either going to be buffet style or waiter serving so that the power dynamic is totally equal. And we have icebreakers on the table. And we have acapella performances performed. And people can't tell often who's homeless and who's not. And it's a really, really special, unique opportunity that really no one else is tackling. No one else is trying to say, let's break the stigma around homelessness. Where do, these, want a where, do these, where do these take place? Only in New York or other areas as well? Um, so right now they take place only in New York City, but I just went out to Montreal last week, so we're setting one up in Montreal. Um, we're setting one up in L.A. So we're starting to really expand, um, which is really exciting. And also a big part of it is how did I initially get even companies to be open to the idea? Every other month this year, I would bring 50 young professionals and 50 people who were experiencing homelessness together for a Shabbat meal through a synagogue downtown. Um, primarily, it was the downtown Minion, which is run by Rabbi Sarna and Michal Baton. Mm -hmm. And they were the ones who were the first ones to say, we want to make this something regular in our community. So every other month this year, we would bring 50 Jewish young professionals and 50 people who are homeless to have Shabbat dinner. Side by side. Unbelievable. We have a minute to go here. Tell me where you are today. I'm told you're having an interesting day today. Yes, today I'm at a Forbes Impact Investing Conference. So I'm learning about how a lot of the leaders today in the business world um, are are investing in impact and what that means and what that looks like. And how, for me personally, I'm trying to network with a, with a whole bunch of companies here and figure out how we can get them involved because as a 25-year-old social worker, I'm not always connected to all the corporate offices, but here's a really great platform, and we've already been having a lot of great conversations with different companies here. Amazing. You're incredible. Congratulations <laughs> on the 36 under 36. Information about Adina Lichtman and the incredible organization that is called Knock, Knock, Give a Sock. Go to the web, knockknockgiveasock.org, knockknockgiveasock.org. Adina, congratulations on this mitzvah day. Thanks so much for joining us. Continued success to you and your organization. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Pretty amazing on this 6-13, June the 13th, what we're calling Mitzvah Day, courtesy of our friend Simon Jacob, to feature someone like Adina Lichtman in a segment like this. Really, really cool. Get involved, everybody. You'll see all the uh, options you have to get involved. If you go to the website, do it now. Seven minutes before 9 o'clock. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with uh, your Achmiel Begun, Miami Boys Choir, of course, here on a uh, Wednesday morning. You have a full day here at the Nachum Siegel Network. That's what we specialize in. Full day of great programming. And uh, today, right after J.M. the A.M., Bite Size with Yoni Pollock will be on. Bite Size with Yoni Pollock today will feature a couple of interviews. Fun in Jerusalem's Joanna Shebson will be joined by Mimi Laufer of City of David and Tova Knecht from Tova Talks is joined by Rochelle Gilbert from Never Too Late. They help seniors with technology. Uh, yeah, I don't think they mean people my age. I think they mean like, you know, real seniors. Um, so that's going to be uh, two conversations, one led by uh, Joanna Shebson, one led by Tova Knecht during Bite Size between 9 and 11. Yoni Pollock, of course, brings you all of that starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, and then Avrami's going to be hosting a live lunch Avrami's going to be hosting a live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Um, he'll go from 11 until 1. And he takes good care of everybody out there. So uh, enjoy his presentation of the live lunch. Tomorrow we're back, of course, starting at 6 a.m. with JM in the a.m. And don't forget, Friday morning, as I mentioned earlier, when we spoke about the uh, Nativha vote situation, Friday morning we get an opportunity to uh, speak with Malcolm Honline. Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations about all the uh, all the interesting things going on in this world of ours. So if you want to uh, listen in on that conversation, it's Friday at 7.40 Eastern Time, Friday morning, right here at the JMNAM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Big reminder from the Brooklyn Cyclones. The Brooklyn Cyclones are now the Brooklyn Cyclones because they are in their 18th season. And the Brooklyn Cyclones is coming Tuesday night. Celebrate Jewish Heritage Night. This coming Tuesday night, the 19th of June. Celebrate Jewish Heritage Night. Bring your family. Bring your shul. Bring your group. Bring your school. Bring everybody. Go to brooklyncyclones.com for information. Brooklyncyclones.com. Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a great Wednesday, 613 edition, Rosh Chodesh edition of JM in the AM. Tomorrow we're back. We'll start at 6 AM. You know what Thursdays are like. They're always amazing. So make sure to be tuned in. Bite Size with Yoni Pollock is next and plenty more, of course, all through today, including live lunch with Avrami starting at 11 AM Eastern time. Have a fabulous Wednesday. And Rosh Chodesh. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.